The Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin. Investment professionals reveal their best mentors, how they find their next great idea, and a few funny stories. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. American Funds Distributors, Inc. It can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. Good morning. I'm Brian Curtis. And I'm Doug Krisner. Here are the stories we're following today. Democrats and Republicans avoiding a government shutdown. The compromise is a spending bill that will keep the U.S. government open until November 17th. The stopgap spending bill was passed by Congress and signed by President Biden on Saturday night. The bill, however, does not include more funding for Ukraine. However, Biden's budget director, Shalanda Young, says she's sure it will be passed later. Those votes are there. We know there is a willing coalition, and I certainly expect members uh, and the speaker to keep their commitment, not to us, but the Ukrainian people we told we would be there. That's Shalanda Young. The federal stopgap deal also gives financial markets a little breathing room. Some analysts had warned that an extended closure of federal agencies would spur fresh gyrations in the Treasury curve and also hit stocks. For now, Democrats and Republicans have bought some time to negotiate longer term funding. We go to Apple next. The company is blaming a software bug for the way some of its new iPhone 15s are getting hot. The iPhone maker also said some third-party apps are overloading its system. Now, Apple said it's working with developers behind these apps, and the company said a fix is coming to address the problem very soon. You know, some users have said on Instagram that uh, these apps are making the phones too hot to handle. Brian? Well, yeah, let's take a closer look at this one, too. Factory downtime that could slam the brakes on Tesla's winning streak. The story from Bloomberg's Denise Pellegrini. Well, Tesla has broken four quarterly car delivery records in a row, but that could be about to change because over the summer, the electric vehicle maker shut down some of its facilities to make upgrades. Also, it's possible it's being hit by consumer inflation pain with potential buyers having a harder time making big purchases. Because analysts surveyed by Bloomberg estimate Tesla will report as soon as Monday it delivered almost 457,000 cars in the third quarter, below the just about 466,000 units delivered in the second quarter. This would be the first decline since early 2022. Meantime, in China, Tesla has just released an updated Model Y, slightly faster, with a new wheel design and added lighting. The starting price, though, remains the same. Denise Pellegrini, Bloomberg Radio. Well, over the weekend, we got the official PMI data for China. This would be for the month of September. Some encouraging signs, to say the least, but a little bit of frailty as well. Bloomberg's Joanne Wong has more from Hong Kong. China's manufacturing activity returned to expansion for the first time in six months. The official PMI rose to 50.2 in September from 49.7 in August. But Bloomberg Economics says the data show that the rebound is highly unbalanced. A surprise drop in the Tyson manufacturing PMI also signals some fragility. It's a reminder that without more policy support, the recovery could stumble. The non-manufacturing sector accelerated. Media, communications and Financial services are gaining and are becoming key drivers of the recovery. In Hong Kong, Joanne Wong, Bloomberg Radio. Macau's casino gaming revenue growth decelerated last month, but it's complicated. Bloomberg's Bonnie Ao has more from Hong Kong. 
Gross gaming revenue grew more than 400% to $1.85 billion in September. That sounds like a massive jump, but revenues are still down about one-third from pre-pandemic levels. The results were mostly in line with estimates. Growth is expected to accelerate in October, in part due to China's eight-day Golden Week holiday. Analysts predict gaming revenue could return to 72% of pre-pandemic levels. That would be the highest percentage since the onset of COVID. In Hong Kong, I'm Bonnie Ao, Bloomberg Radio. So it's give and take, Doug, in both the Hong Kong and Chinese economies. Now you, you, you find yourself constantly saying, well, there was some improvement. But then on the other hand, uh, there was this. And we saw that with the PMI report. And then also for Hong Kong, retail sales jumped in in August. A lot of mainland visitors coming back. Uh, but we had a million people leave over the weekend. A million, mm. just about a million people. We only have 7.3 million people living in Hong Kong. Uh, and although that's holiday time and you can understand the pent up desire to go, I'm not sure if it's a good thing or a bad thing, because uh, obviously, um, you know, with that many people leaving, that's a lot of people that wouldn't be spending money in Hong Kong. And a little bit of debate here in the U.S., Brian. Uh, Bloomberg Economics is saying that a U.S. recession is still more likely than a soft landing. Our economists are looking at things like the major your auto strike that we're dealing with right now, along with the resumption of student loan repayments. We can maybe say for the moment that the government is staying open. We have avoided a shutdown, but it may yet come back after November 17th. And that may, all of these things together may shave as much as one percentage point from GDP for the fourth quarter. And then if you look beyond that, things like dwindling pandemic savings, higher interest rates, higher oil, Maybe if you take all of this stuff together, we could be looking at a recession before the early part of maybe next year or as soon as the end of this year. Sounds like you're saying we shouldn't expect too much of a relief rally uh, in the next uh, couple of days. We'll put that question to Dana Doria. She's coming up, a co-CIO at InvestNet. And also a moment of truth for House Republicans now. What this means for Kevin McCarthy and for a challenger like the Florida Congressman uh, Matt Gates, uh, we'll see. Uh, that's something we can put uh, to our guests all throughout the morning. Any final thoughts before we move into the next phase? No, I think you covered it, but you're right about uh, the risk for the equity market. You know, for September, the S&P 500 it had its worst month of the year. And, and if you look at the quarter that we just ended, the third quarter, the first quarterly loss we have seen since the third quarter of 2022. Yeah, it is a mini correction. Does it become a full-blown correction in the equity markets? Uh, and how do we sort that with all the negative news that is looming? Again, more fodder for the great guests that we have coming up. Again, Dana Doria coming up shortly. Now it's time for Global News. Well, House Speaker Kevin McCarthy is facing a movement to oust him from his position. We get more from Dan Schwartzman in New York. Dan. Yeah, Brian, it's getting very contentious. Right now, we have Florida Republican Matt Gates saying he's going to be filing a motion this week to vacate the chair. It's a parliamentary process that hasn't led to the removal of a speaker since 1910. The far-right Republicans are angry with McCarthy for embracing a bipartisan deal to avoid a government shutdown that didn't take into consideration the deep spending cuts that the right-wingers had wanted. Now, McCarthy's going to need a a simple majority of House members to vote for him to, to be able to stop the effort to remove him. Gates says he's going to do what he can to remove and replace those who won't tackle spending and deficits. If all the American people see is that it is a uniparty that governs them and that it is always the Biden McCarthy Jeffries government that makes dispositive decisions on spending, then I am I am seeding the fields of future primary contests to get better Republicans in Washington who will actually tackle these deficits and debts. 
That's Florida Representative Matt Gates earlier today on ABC's This Week. Donald Trump expected to attend the opening of his New York civil trial Monday. Trump's accused of committing fraud by inflating his net worth by billions of dollars in financial transactions. The Republican frontrunner for the 2024 presidential nomination is in jeopardy of losing control of his real estate empire after a judge authorized New York Attorney General Letitia James to cancel certificates for companies that hold the assets. Trump's presence at the civil trial is not mandatory. In a blow to Ukraine, Slovakia has elected Robert Fico as its prime minister. Fico returns to the post he resigned from back in 2018 after public outrage over the killing of an investigative journalist. Fico has publicly called for ending military aid to Ukraine while also deriding the European Union's sanctions against Russia. Thailand expected to see a $4 billion increase in tourism revenue as a result of the five-month holiday period visa exemption program with mainland China. In just the first two days of the program, Thailand saw 22,000 Chinese tourists visit the country. Before the pandemic, Chinese tourists were the number one group of visitors to the country pre-pandemic. Now, Thailand is hoping that tourism will help jumpstart its slowing economy and keep it from falling into a recession. Europe winning the Ryder Cup, beating the United States 16.5 to 11.5 in Rome, with Roy McIlroy leading the way and Tommy Fleetwood delivering the winning point. The U.S. was coming off a record 19-9 win over Europe just two years ago at Whistling Straits in Wisconsin. The U.S. came in confident that they could end the 30 years of losing away from European soil. They haven't won since 1993. Team USA is going to get another crack at it to win in Europe. Ireland's hosting in 2027. Global News 24 hours a day, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Dan Schwartzman. This is Bloomberg. Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new monthly edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes today. American Funds Distributors, Inc. You know success when you see it. Or you think you do. The people in the spotlight. Athletes, actors, artists. But what about the people behind the scenes? You know, the ones who make it all happen. The lighting engineers, the sideline photographers, the caterers. They're small business masterminds. And if there's one thing they have in common, it's making their money work harder. That's why they have a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, where they are now earning a generous 5% annual percentage yield. Yes, 5% APY. Making your money work as hard as you do? That's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Asia. Brian Curtis and Rashad Salamat here in Hong Kong. Our guest is Dana Doria, co-CIO at InvestNet. Dana, thanks very much for joining us. Uh, it's been a, sort of a negative uh, pall hanging over markets here of late, particularly equity markets, but the bond market has struggled as well. I, I don't suppose that the shutdown averted is the catalyst to shock us out of that, is it? Well, I don't know that it's enough of a catalyst to shock us out of that, but it's certainly good news. I think it's 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 news that the market wasn't expecting. Um, you know, I get information from a lot of economic sources, and I I would say to you that it was pretty much assumed to be a foregone conclusion that we were going to have a shutdown. And in fact, a lot of what I was seeing was concern about it being um, potentially lengthier uh, than average, just because of the acrimony even within the house, let alone you know, between the House and Senate. So I, I do think it's a pretty positive development for markets. Um, I think it 
it has positive repercussions around concerns around our ability to tackle things like the debt. But to your point, at the end of the day, um, shutdowns are really not a big impact on equity markets. They're not even a big impact on GDP growth. They really don't have a correlation. So, you know, this is nice news for a time, but at the end of the day, probably not a huge impact. Uh, but then, you know, the thing is, it starts off again. It's only six weeks or seven weeks until <laughs> yeah. we get to it all over again. The thing is, is there a better way of doing this? Oh, oh, yes. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's interesting the United States puts itself through this, right? It's a pretty abnormal when it's it, it just bizarre that we we kind of go through this struggle of are we going to pay our bills, you know, um, both shut down as well as, um, you know, raising debt limits. And uh, yeah, there, there certainly is. Um, but, you know, it, it's a, I guess, a sign of the times that you have to be really happy that McCarthy kind of stepped up and said, you know what, I'm, I'm just, I'm going to do the sensible thing here and, you know, give us some time to try to work through the problems as opposed to letting the government shut down. So, you know, it, it's incrementalism here, I guess, but um, yeah, yeah, for sure. It sort of is what it is. I mean, Rich would have us go back to Plato in theories of society, uh, you know, uh, which is it's not easy to rewrite the way that oh, the U.S. Back. does business. <laughs> um, well, let's talk about the the impact going forward. That aside, the impact going forward for markets. Uh, mm-hmm. Are we in this period where we we should probably expect <clears throat> things to uh, to to deteriorate slightly in the equity and bond markets uh, until we get some sort of major catalyst. And what that might be, well, we can't imagine at the moment. Yeah, I think that's fair. You know, part of my comments, I'll say, are about what should you prepare for maybe than trying to predict exactly which way it goes. And I think everyone's, you know, given obviously where markets have gone this year now, notwithstanding September, but just, you know, pretty great returns in in a year that the expectation was you know, softness at best. So, you know, I, I think, you know, you're seeing even the um, kind of most dug in bears saying, well, maybe we will we'll stick this landing, which is fantastic if we do. But unfortunately, a lot of, you know, monetary policy acts with a lag, um, consumer confidence now drifting lower. We know the auto strike. We know loan repayments coming back in. Um, you know, luckily not a shutdown, but just a lot of um, headwinds facing the consumer. And, you know, personal consumption is far and away the biggest part of GDP as a single element. So, and it's been the consumer kind of propping up this economy along with employment. We're seeing a little bit of signs of softness there too. So it's certainly not a reason to say um, yes. Uh, Just want to say, Inflation comes almost always in three cycles. Um, you yeah. know, you don't just have one and it's done. I mean, we may be in the second cycle, you know, in the offing because we've got high fuel prices. Let's not forget yeah. that the unions ultimately want more money. That's going to perhaps create uh, that uh, demand pull part of the inflation uh, uh, problem. And the other theory is you can't really uh, kill the beast of inflation without tipping the economy into recession. It's typically the case, and it's very much that tightening cycles tend to push us into recession. And this was a very abrupt tightening cycle, right? So your, your comments are exactly on point. Inflation tends to come in waves. These are all more reasons to be you know, somewhat cautious, right? If you're an investor, it's not, look, it's not to say get out of markets. Obviously, that you, you do that and you, and you potentially miss 
um, you know, what highs that could be coming still. But, you know, you should be circumspect and not be sort of chasing um, equity markets, I think. And I do because exactly the reasons that we're discussing here, right? The consumer getting a little softer, unemployment, and have we really broken the back of inflation? Oil prices suggest maybe not. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Asia, your morning brief on the stories making news from Hong Kong to Singapore and Wall Street. Look for us on your podcast feed every day on Apple, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. You can also listen live each day on Bloomberg 1130 in New York, Bloomberg 991 in Washington, Bloomberg 1061 in Boston, and Bloomberg 960 in San Francisco. Our flagship New York station is also available on your Amazon Alexa devices. Just say, Alexa, play Bloomberg 1130. Plus, listen coast to coast on the Bloomberg Business app, Sirius XM Channel 119, the iHeartRadio app, and on Bloomberg.com. I'm Brian Curtis. And I'm Doug Krisner. Join us again tomorrow for all the news you need to start your day right here on Bloomberg Daybreak Asia. It can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Carter Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers, and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights, and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at CutterEconomicForum.com.